0: Alright, let's get something straight. I've got trust issues. Okay? There are two ways to look at this. Maybe I only trust myself, or perhaps it's only myself that I distrust. Still don't understand? Okay, how about this? Why do I worry as I drive through town? Is it the other people's lack of focus or lack of skill that I distrust? Or is it merely my own ability to react quick enough and correctly enough to their actions? Are we getting closer? Either way, they both lead to the same symptom of behavior. So in the interest of taking the responsibility on myself, we'll make this my inability to trust others. Now, as a kid, I was raised under a quote unquote, Christian roof, specifically of the Assembly of God variety. Now, let me state, first and foremost, that I'm generally put off by the whole concept of organized religion. I find that most religions are simply groups of beliefs that have been categorized for the benefit of self-propagation. I have a hard time with this because it limits the ability to search for truth and also to be truthful about what you believe. Well, I'd like to believe this, but I'm a Baptist. Well, maybe if I weren't Catholic, I could believe that. Well, what if all these this's and that's that we can't believe in because we subscribe to a certain core system of beliefs that fit under a certain umbrella? What if those things are the only things that are standing in between us and absolute truth as opposed to flat-out ignorance? Now... I also find that this subdividing of beliefs usually doesn't lead to any kind of interpersonal harmony, Okay, any kind of unity. Sure, on a small scale, it might make me feel better about you because, hey, we go to the same place of worship. So surely we're more alike than we're not. And surely that will help us fit in with each other at least a little bit more comfortably, right? Well, I've read several religious texts over my life, and If reading those texts has taught me anything, it's that most of the major religions on the planet don't favor comfort. I can't remember any real wise proverbs about how becoming comfortable gets anybody closer to obtaining any semblance of holiness or absolute truth or wisdom or enlightenment or anything like that, okay? Now, perhaps this is kind of where my roots of disappointment and confusion and frustration and anger and fear can be found. I don't know. There are so many things that we all stumble across in life that beg a countless number of questions to be asked. And most of those questions just go unanswered. So, which religion is the real deal? Well, I've studied all of the more established religions of the world and I've tried to find an answer that I could trust. And ultimately what I seek is truth. Now, this is a pretty tricky quest especially when you have trust issues, okay? Now, to add another level of difficulty to this whole quest for truth business is my tendency to favor a simplistic black versus white view of life. Shades of gray have no place in my quest, okay? Shades of gray are nothing more than degrees of justification for those who can't handle the real hard truth, okay? Okay, I'll back down a little bit. Now, since truth is what I'm looking for, these shades of gray kind of fade away for me, okay? Now, whereas I view the Heinz 57 varieties of every major religion, usually termed as sex or denominations, uh, as nothing short of shades of gray, my view on these things should fast become apparent as well. Now, despite all this, I've come to a certain set of beliefs that I hold to. So let's walk through those. As some might suspect, this set of belief doesn't really fit comfortably, there's that word again, under any particular religious umbrella. Okay, now, I believe that there's a certain amount of truth in each and every holy book, and the problem is, is that I've also found that in most of these other holy books, I've found more than my fair share of outright baloney in most of them as well, okay? Now. As one who enjoys philosophy, I far too often find myself following some random goat path to nowhere, and I'm constantly reminding myself to try to keep on subject. That said, forgive me if I stray off the path a little bit in my attempt to literate my set of beliefs, the ones that I try to hold myself to. So first, let's just talk about God. This is where it all begins for me. I believe in a God who is first and foremost unlimited in any and every way. Now, this lends to such philosophical questions and puzzles like, can God create a rock so large that he cannot lift it? Yeah, I get it, I understand, that's creative and entertaining. But these puzzles stem from the basic truth that people are limited. We think in limited ways, and we just simply can't wrap our heads around anything that isn't limited, like us. So right from the get-go, we have a bit of a dilemma. In order to continue beyond this, we have to come to the understanding that even our language and its ability to discuss limitless things, i.e. God here, is itself limited. Now. As God is unlimited in my belief system, several of these other nitpicky questions and puzzles that arise can easily be just summarily dismissed right off the top. Now, is God a man or is God a woman? Is God a force or a spirit or a being? Well, honestly, this is what I'm talking about. I don't believe that the unlimited God can be boxed in by these kinds of questions. God is God. Period. By definition, he's unlimited. Okay? Now, let's talk about creation versus evolution. Well, everything had to come from somewhere. Okay? So I believe that evolution is a process that was created by an unlimited God to help with the limited universe. What, you believe in creation? Oh. Oh, you believe in evolution? Oh. Just hold tight, guys. Here's what I mean. Only an unlimited God could create anything from nothing. And in my opinion, God created all that we know, all that we experience, and all that we feel. God puts limits on it as well. Now I'm very comfortable living and thinking in a world with limits, or rules, or laws, okay? Now, whether I enjoy being limited or not, I tend to favor limits over not limits. I tend to favor the order that they bring. Now, I once spoke to this guy who was incidentally in a mental facility at the time, whose mind was not bound by these limits he didn't accept these limits he would not expect a ball that you throw up into the air to kind of slow down when it gets to the top and then slowly start to accelerate back down toward your hand yeah this guy told me that he was in no position to decide what limits were going to be in effect at any given point in time and therefore the ball could at some point When he throws it up into the air, just continue off into space. Now, he said that probability was not equal to rule or law, like the law of gravity. Now, this guy's perspective fascinates me to this day. Now, I still expect the ball to come back down to my hand, or at least back down to the ground if I miss it, because I can't catch a ball. Okay? we have limits everywhere around us. From self-imposed limits of public dress code to these other limits like gravity that we talked about. We even have names for various groups of limits. Names like physics, or mathematics, or law, or etiquette, or religion. Now, we tend to focus a lot of energy and attention figuring out all these limits, trying to measure them, trying to escape them. And when we get desperate, we even try to make some up of our own, okay? I can't buy into any religion that preaches that we are all one cumulative entity that is expressed in various essences. Usually this entity is what I would call God. And we are all the essences or expressions of this entity okay I I don't quite believe that way and although this is a fascinating concept to think about and to work through I have a hard time believing that I am or that any other human being is at any way at root entity or God I think if any of us were God we'd figure out how to oh say reach our parts of our own planet that still remain unexplored or how to practically apply string theory or travel through time or how to get our kids to obey us the first time we ask them to do something or even keep a hard shell taco in one piece after that first bite, okay? So now let's move on a little bit. Let's talk about birth, death, neither, both. What happened to me before I was born, what will happen to me after I die? Let's talk about it. Now, many holy texts speak of experiences before and after our current experience that I call life. And I feel that these questions fall right back into the category of limited versus unlimited. God, unlimited. Everything else, limited. I believe that any me that might have existed prior to my entrance into this life, and any me that will exist after my exit are not a real big concern for me right here and right now. Now, I know that this current expression of me exists in a world with specific and recognized limits. We're talking about limits here again. I don't subscribe to the belief that me Or I, or whatever I am, was ever, or will ever, become completely unlimited in nature. Meaning, I don't think I'm ever going to be God, or a God. Now, do I think that there are possibilities that if you follow the right rules if you accept the right challenges in life that you might live forever? Okay, eternal life, let's talk about that. I think that's a possibility. I think it's a probability. But again, even that eternal life, I believe will have limits, okay? I believe that God is unlimited. Everything else, limited. Okay? Now, I know that this current expression of me exists in this world that we were talking about with recognized limits, and I don't subscribe to the belief that I'm ever going to be able to escape all limits. I might escape these as you go into the afterlife, but even there, there's going to be a different set of limits, a different set of rules. Okay? Now, There are similarities between these various holy books that I've read regarding what happens before and after your current life experience. And after I pick which version seems to be the most viable, then I can kind of start to narrow down what limits might plague the pre-life me or the post-life me. This is what I'm talking about. I am more interested in whether or not it's even relevant to the current life me. Perhaps if I could recall or had a record of what experience the pre-life me might have encountered, maybe I could kind of buy into that whole thing and use that as a guide to help the current life me go in the right direction. Unfortunately, I don't buy into all that. And I also don't recall any of my own pre-entry into this current life experience experiences much less anything else that anybody else might have recorded of it to give to me i'm not going to trust that either okay now that leaves only the post-life me to worry about now here's where i tend to lend toward the judeo-christian concept of heaven and hell okay Now, granted, I'm amazed at how little detail there really is about either of these places in the Bible as compared to the amount of detail we tend to write in ourselves. Now, the basic concept is is that heaven is as close as you can get to unlimited good, and hell is very close to unlimited bad. Okay, The obvious choice here is heaven. Now, some seem to believe that heaven will be perfection. Again, I'll have to jump ship here and say that I equate perfection with unlimited. Therefore, God. God is unlimited. Heaven is not God. And therefore, I don't think that heaven can be unlimited. I think there are going to be rules there. I tend to imagine that heaven or this heaven experience is just the next level of, of life for me. Not unlimited, just different limits, or maybe even less limits. It's a new game, new rules. And before you ask, I'm not concerned with the new rules of the new game just yet. Just like an infant isn't worried about the new rules of calculus, okay? All right, let's move on. What about this holy trinity business? Okay, this one gets fun. The Bible says that God, remember that unlimited part here, has three personages, commonly referred to as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now these three personages combine to form one whole personage. Three in one. That's what people call the Trinity, or the triune God. Okay. Now this is something that makes no sense to most people. How could this possibly be? Three things are the same as one thing. Three doesn't equal one. Okay, again, I can simplify it for you. God is unlimited. He can do whatever he wants to do. However, we can't help but try to figure out this unlimited concept and try to shoehorn it into our limited understanding and try to explain it with our limited vocabulary and our limited mathematical explanations. Now, I've heard this concept destroyed by the best of theologians, so I'll try to make it simple. Let's just think about H2O, water. Water can be a solid, like ice. It can be a liquid, like what we call water. Or it can be a gas, like steam. Now, no matter what state or form it's in, it's always H2O, okay? That's how I think of God, and that's the best I got for you. So let's move on. Here's a big one. What about this Jesus character? Well, here we are back to explaining the unlimited with limited terms again. I have to use two words. Superman and baseball. Now, I'm going to delve into the general lore Superman on this one, not the intricate details of, you know, the Superman story, just the basic mythology. So you just kind of have to hang with me on this one. So what's Superman? So you have this guy who is very ordinary in his native environment, Krypton, who gets dumped into a foreign environment, Earth, and becomes extraordinary. Now, Superman would be ordinary on Krypton. But on Earth, he has powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. This is what I think about Jesus. This is I think of Jesus this way. At home, as part of the Trinity, as an equal part of God, he fits in just fine. But you dump him here on Earth, sticks out like a sore thumb. Now, Jesus is what happens when you take something unlimited and cram it into a limited environment. This is why people don't know what to do with this guy. And they don't know how to handle this concept of Jesus. It messes with all the rules that we've been talking about. How can something unlimited fit into a limited place? Well, if you've read the New Testament, you'll come to the same conclusion that I did. Not very well at all. Now, the beauty is, because of that unlimited part, it doesn't have to fit. Before Jesus, there was a pretty good list of stuff that you had to do in a certain way, in a certain order, to kind of be eligible to talk to God, to commune with God, this ticket to heaven. okay? So far, man has managed to achieve at least a couple strikes at bat by my count. Garden of Eden, strike one. Strike two. Involved a lot of water and a rainbow at the end. Yeah, you know that one. Now, God seemed to be done playing this game and wanted to give man one last chance to try to knock it out of the park. Here's my baseball part coming in, right? So the way I figure it, God thinks, these guys are doing such a bang up job dealing with the few limits of this world from the first part of the manual that I gave them. Maybe we should kind of try to knock the level of difficulty down a notch. What we're going to do is we're going to send a visual aid and a loophole all in one package. Somebody who can walk the walk and talk the talk. Enter Jesus. Okay, now, had he not been unlimited in a limited environment, he wouldn't have been qualified to become the loophole I'm talking about. That's what they use the word Messiah. Messiah or Christ, depending on whether you come out of the Hebrew or the Greek there. Now, what I'm trying to do is to do what Jesus did. Sure, we're not all gonna hit home runs, but at least if we fess up to being horrible at this game, we ask for some more practice, and we can at least get on base every once in a while, even if it's only by being walked, We have this blessed hope of getting brought home when the ultimate cleanup batter steps up to the plate that's the second coming business that we've heard about now let's kind of move on a little bit let's talk about this miracle issue well let's recap a few things first god is unlimited everything else limited second i'm extremely comfortable around all things limited third skeptical of all things appearing to be unlimited that said i consider a miracle when anything limited is encountered by the only thing that's unlimited that's god in such a way that it is granted some kind of exemption from at least one of these limits even if it's only temporarily now I do believe that this has, does, and can happen again. However, that's not to say that I'm in any way comfortable with it when it does happen. Okay, now there are numerous accounts of such craziness going on in the Bible. However, I've also personally witnessed some of this stuff as well. And I'll tell you, it's not easy for me to accept when it does happen. Uh, When a person's deformed from birth, Leg grows about a foot in length in a matter of a couple minutes. I classify that miracle. Now, I personally witnessed this occurrence, and quite frankly, it freaked me out. Okay, I've also witnessed things that I would classify as spiritual phenomenon with a similar feeling of discomfort. Now, despite any discomfort that these situations cause within me, I still can't deny the fact that they happened okay so let's continue on what need does the unlimited have for the limited well i say none for whatever reason that god saw fit to create man in the first place we're here because he wanted us here not because he needed us here why is there a seemingly growing list of folks that are trying to turn that concept upside down? If I'm allowed to live another day, it's because God wants it that way. If I were to wake up healed of my less than perfect vision, it's because God wants it that way. That said, I don't believe God needs anything. So forgive me when I summarily dismiss all these statements of all these people that state the opposite, okay? I don't believe in a God that requires heavy financial funding. I think things like honesty, integrity, self-control, and obedience might work out a little bit better for that ministry. Now, you haven't been physically healed, or you haven't escaped poverty, or you haven't found that special someone yet. Why? Well, it's probably because your faith isn't strong enough. Or perhaps you haven't chanted the right phrase in the right number of times or in the right order or with your right leg stuck it up or some kind of craziness like this. It's just a bunch of bunk. The bottom line is God wants you this way. The very instant that he doesn't, you won't be. Period. Oh, but God wants all of us to live free from any handicap in any form. So we should therefore all be perfect, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Not perfect. Just free from the limits that we don't like. That sounds better. See, that doesn't track either. How about this? God wants us to be what He wants us to be. Okay? Now we talked about this earlier. I don't believe that any person is going to become or has been god other than jesus and that's kind of a complicated situation what i mean by that is what if i were god well first off let's be grateful that this is not or will never become anywhere near the truth okay i have no difficulty recognizing that i am not god Coming from a completely limited experience or existence, my first hurdle is figuring out what to do with the utter lack of limits. I'd go nuts, I have a hard enough time. When one thing, in one situation, in one point in time doesn't play by one of those limits, I freak out. So I would take joy in knowing the answers to several of these questions that I, as a previously limited person, have struggled with for years. That said, the answering of this question by anyone other than God is where things go wry. That's where they go wrong. This is where my definition of religion stems from. It comes from regular old people like me, and this is scary and pompous, and it's usually also humorous and entertaining, but it's when people like me try to become God we try to make up our own rules we try to make up our own way to heaven that's when things start to go bad now when we try to take these musings of people these ideas of man and try to call them truth that's when we lose our only hope of finding real truth God gave us himself he didn't give us religion We, and I say we to the exclusion of the Rastafari, I guess, like to pick people or things or places or processes and add the suffix "-ism to the end of it. And so when we structure a way of being around this term that we've made up, call it, oh, universal-ism, things like this, when we structure a way of being around these kinds of terms that we've made up, we create rituals and rules for ourselves to follow. Now, no religion, no philosophy or belief system is beyond this failure. More of the same, trying to make that unlimited, understandable, or even controllable by the limited. Okay? People tend to go one or two directions here. They either write down only the rules that they won't have any trouble following, or they swing to the other side and write down only the rules that there's no way that anybody could follow. And when you have one of these systems that becomes very popular, or I would say popular as measured by the number of adherents that you have, that's what you call a religion. Now, if your ideas are a little too restrictive or maybe not restrictive enough, leading to a lower number of adherents. That's what you have when you have a cult. Now, sometimes a cult can change its rules to better suit the people, gain more adherence, and then kind of become a religion, but that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. I have come to the conclusion that I would make a horrible deity. The closest I'll ever get is being a father. Now. When you're a father at first, the rules start out short and sweet. Kind of like in the Garden of Eden. One thing you can't do, well, when they fail to adequately explain your expectations, you tend to start creating more and more rules. Now, although these rules are created for the intended benefit of the child, they sometimes get ridiculous. Okay, now I tend to follow The old protocol set forth in the Bible. The one commandment, then we get ten, and then we get a whole bunch. Okay? Now, proof that I would make a horrible deity, here it comes. Here's what my commandments would start out like. Thou shalt try to figure crap out thyself before thou cometh asking for mine help. How about this one? Thou shalt learneth and useth logic or thou shalt embraceth technology, or thou shalt gaineth appreciation for all forms of music and art, or thou shalt have a dog, or thou shalt learneth from thine own mistakes as well as the mistakes of thine brethren. How about this one? Thou shalt acteth thine own age until thou learnest comic timing at least. Thou shalt not be a poor loser Thou shalt cleaneth up thine own mess. Thou shalt hitteth the hole whenest thou goeth pee. Thou shalt eateth and liketh whatever thou shalt findeth on thine own plate. You see where I'm headed here. Just to name it a few. All in summary, I believe in God. I believe he's unlimited. I believe in the Trinity The triune force of God. I believe in Jesus as the Holy Messiah, as the Christ. And I believe that if we follow what he said, that being God, Jesus, if you follow the rules, these instructions, these guidelines, that eventually not only will your life be better here, but you have hope of an everlasting life somewhere else, somewhere better. Thanks. God bless and shalom. Bible study have.